Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by TBR, tailored book recommendations now available as a gift for the holiday season. Is your favorite book lover hard to shop for? Give the gift of TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Choose from plans that allow your loved one to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email as a one-time gift or a year-long subscription, and sit back while our bibliologists do the rest. When your recipient redeems their gift, they'll complete a profile to tell TBR about their reading preferences and what they're looking for, and they can even connect their Goodreads account. Then we'll match them up with a bibliologist who will handpick recommendations just for them. Gifts start at just $16, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so when you treat someone's shelf, you're supporting an indie too. Visit mytbr.co slash gift to sign up today. That's mytbr.co slash gift. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 91, and we are recording on Tuesday, December 1st. I'm Katie McLean-Horner, along with guest host Nesra Javid, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nesra. How are you doing? Hi, Katie. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I am just plugging through this very long December (laughs) pandemic day. Oh boy, yes. That is a relatable feeling. It's hard to believe December is here, but it's here. Finally. Oh my gosh. We will be rid of this year. (laughs) We will be rid of this year so soon. We just got to keep plugging through it. Yes. So Nesra, so so this is your first time on the podcast and we are so excited to have you on Red or Dead. So why don't you take a second, let listeners know who you are, what your Book Riot deal is and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm one of the contributing editors over at Book Riot. And I am also one of the bibliologists over at the aforementioned TBR. My day job and night job is to recommend books to people, whether solicited or unsolicited. And I hope to accomplish more of that on the show. Oh, my gosh. So I work in a library, so I, too, provide book suggestions, either solicited or unsolicited (laughs) for my day and night job. So are you a bookseller? Are you a librarian? I'm primarily just um, like a content creator. Gotcha. I just, yeah, I just talk about books everywhere and anywhere I can. <laughs> yes, that that's the life. Like if I had known that that was a career option <laughs> when I was like in kindergarten, I never would have bothered with any of the other things I said I wanted to be when I grew up. Like I, I went through a phase where I wanted to be a marine biologist, but if I had known I could talk about books for a living... I wouldn't have even bothered. <laughs> I know, right? I um, remember plugging through STEM courses like physics, calculus, and I'm like, oh gosh, that that's that, like all the books I could have been reading then. <laughs> oh, all the all those wasted hours. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before we jump into the episode, you want to give us our first sponsor for the episode? Yes. 
This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored in part by the audiobook edition of Ink by Jonathan Meberry. Tattoo artist Patty Cakes has her dead daughter's face tattooed on the back of her hand. Day by day, it begins to fade, taking with it all of Patty's memory of her daughter. All she's left with is the certain knowledge she has forgotten her lost child. The awareness of that loss is tearing her apart. Monk Edison is a private investigator whose skin is covered with the tattooed faces of murder victims. He's a predator who hunts for killers and the ghosts of all those dead people haunt his life. Some of these faces have begun to fade too, destroying the very souls of the dead. All through the town of Pine Deep, people are having their most precious memories stolen. The monster seems to target the lonely, the disenfranchised, the people who need memories to anchor them to this world. Something is out there. Something cruel and evil is feeding on the memories, erasing them from the hearts and minds of people like Patty and Monk and all the others. Ink is the story of a few lonely damaged people hunting for a memory thief. When all you have are memories, there is no greater horror than forgetting. From New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Mabry comes a standalone supernatural thriller, Ink which is now available in the audiobook read by a fan favorite, Ray Porter. Buy the audiobook audition of Ink by Jonathan Mabry now wherever books are sold. All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We are delighted to have all of you listening to this episode. So as we said at the top of the show, this podcast talks about mystery, suspense, thriller novels, true crime, anything that falls under that general umbrella, whether it's subgenres, author read-alikes, adaptation news, weird news stories that are just popping up out of nowhere. If it falls under the mystery and suspense umbrella, we are game to talk about it on this show. If you have listened to the show before, you know that this is where we always put out a call to anyone. If you have ideas for future topics for us to talk about on the show, please do let us know. We have developed so many future episodes based on the feedback that we have received from listeners about topics or subgenres that they're interested in or requests for things like recommendations for Native American mystery authors or whatever the case may be. We've discovered new books that we probably never would have discovered before. We explore subgenres that we may not be familiar with. And so it's just, it's been so helpful for us over the years putting this show together. So if you have any ideas, we will have our contact information at the end of the episode. But we always like to put out the call at the beginning to get everyone thinking about it. And with that, I'll, um, I'll go ahead and jump into our news segment. So there's not a ton happening because it's the end of the year and ev- everything's just kind of wrapping up. <laughs> but the, there is some really cool adaptation news that Netflix is working on an adaptation of the book 40 Acres by Dwayne Alexander Smith. If you have listened to the show for a long time, I cannot remember what, I think it was probably a couple of years ago, but both Rincey and I read this book. I think Rincey read it initially for our February episode on Black History Month. This book is so good. It's 100% just a fast-paced, page-turning thriller that was that when both Rincey and I read it, we knew it was just begging to be adapted. 
And apparently Netflix agrees. They are going to be turning this into a feature film. And they've got a couple of producers attached to it, but they they don't have any casting information yet. Um, it's still very much in the early stages. But if you have read this book, you know that it is it is just prime material for adaptation. And if you haven't read the book yet, this is your perfect opportunity to do so before the Netflix movie comes out. So um, again, that book is called 40 Acres by Dwayne Alexander Smith. And yeah, I am so excited that Netflix is picking this one up. Yeah, one of our contributing editors over at Book Riot mentioned that 40 Acres is if you like get out, you need, yes. to, you need to read 40 Acres. And I am, I am in. I am 100% in for this. Yes, that is, and th- I think Rincey and I actually said that when we talked about this book, we were like, this is perfect for fans of Get Out, which was immediately, I think she read it first. And I was like, well, I'm sold. I'm reading it. <laughs> yep. So yes, it's so good. <laughs> uh, next up, we have um, the trailer for Tiny Pretty Things. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things in uh, just in fiction in general is when authors sort of zero in on regular lives and how they, they make them sort of full of ominous tension. Danny Pretty Things is one such novel. Uh, it's a series about characters who are competing to make their place in an elite ballet school. And the trailer for that, it just perfectly captures how the book builds into this level of competition that each of the characters are feeling. Tiny Pretty Things in my head is the equivalent of if you've read anything by Megan Abbott, her works such as You Will Know Me, just how she shows how regular people are like striving for that, um, to achieve in their heads these goals. And um, the trailer, I think, is it just gives away just the perfect amount of tension, but just holds back enough so that people are going to, I know I'm going to be like plowing through the show in no time. Yeah, I loved Tiny Pretty Things. I listened to it on audio a couple years ago. And yeah, I th- I think the Megan Abbott comparison is just spot on. I loved these characters because there was a there was a lot of drama, but it never felt over the top. It just it just felt realistic and the characters were really fleshed out and oh my gosh, it's so, so good. And yeah, I I might actually well, I don't know if I'll have a chance to reread the book before the series comes out, but I was super excited when they first announced that this was going to be made into a series. So um, I have not watched the trailer yet because I am notoriously bad at watching trailers for some reason. I don't know why I see a trailer. I'm like, oh, yeah, that trailer's out. And then I never watch it. But the book is fantastic. And I'm super excited that it that it's going to be on. Is it is that a Netflix? Is, is that another Netflix show? Yes. Okay, that that's what I thought. Yeah, I can't wait till it comes out on Netflix. I will be plowing through that and I might make my husband sit down and watch it with me. <laughs> All right. And then lastly, in non-adaptation news, um, the Mystery Writers of America have announced the 2021 Grandmaster and Raven Award recipients. They will actually be celebrating their 75th anniversary of awards in 2021. So that's pretty exciting. But the board chose Charlene Harris and Jeffrey Deaver as the grandmasters for the 2021 award ceremonies. And the 2020 Raven Award recipient is Malice Domestic. 
So the, the Raven Award recognizes outstanding achievement in the mystery field outside of creative writing. So Malice Domestic is a mystery conference that was founded in 1989 and is held every spring. They present the Agatha Awards, which are a really good set of mystery awards if you like cozy or nonviolent mysteries. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to Charlene Harris and Jeffrey Deaver for being named the 2021 Grand Masters. And as we move closer to the award ceremony, I'm sure there will be more information about the Edgar Award longlist and shortlist. But uh, for now, we've just got a little tidbit of award news there. With that, we'll jump into our main discussion for this episode, which which we decided to talk about genre blending mysteries or mysteries that pull in elements from other types of writing. And Nezra, I know you, this was, I think this was, this was one of your suggestions when we were figuring out what we wanted to talk about for the episode. Um, And I think, I think it's a fantastic one. You can find mystery elements in almost every subgenre. It's like, it's just like the classic genre that you can find, find a book that will appeal to like almost anyone. Exactly. And um, just uh, in my experience and having people ask what should they read next. There's so much of uh, where they're looking for mysteries, but they're more um, aligned towards other genres, like let's say romance or more historical fiction. So I just thought it would be a good idea to help our listeners who are more who are more familiar with other genres to dip their toes into the mystery genre or maybe uh, just listeners who want a break from the typical format of where, hey, there's a murder, let's solve this murder, and now let's move on with our lives, just to sort of <laughs> uh, mix it up. All right. Well, I've, I am currently looking at your list, which of course people, other people can't see, but why don't you go ahead and give us your first pick? Because I'm pretty sure I've had this book on my extremely long TBR list. So please tell me about your first pick. So um, my first pick is in the genre of romantic suspense. So romantic suspense is something I grew up reading. So I remember reading Julie Garwood's Murder List or Nora Roberts' Birthright. And just, um, I love how they're sort of, you're treading along the story and there's an intense moment or between two characters, but then it's sort of traded for another kind of intense moment where a skeleton is found or a hidden secret comes to light. And that's just the sort of energy that I love in my reading experiences. So romantic suspense is something I went with as my first pick. And the pick I have for our listeners is Deadly Sexy by Beverly Jenkins. So Beverly Jenkins uh, is a famous historical romance writer. And there is no book that she has written that she has not written well, in my opinion. Um, And she writes these heroines who are fierce, confident, and they're not afraid to wear their heart on their sleeves. But if someone like messes with them, they're not afraid to, you know, just show them the door. And Deadly Sexy is one of uh, such novels where we have a protagonist named Jessie, who's a very successful sports agent. And she's on her way back from a client meeting one day when her car breaks down and she is rescued by a trucker named Reese. And from the moment that they both interact with each other, um, there is a chemistry between them because, of course, there is. But there is a lot more going on. There is a a lot more going on under the surface of uh, what uh, of the history behind who Reese is. And it turns out he's actually an ex-cop who is leading an investigation 
into the murder of a football player in, in the LA football scene. And as he spends more time with Jesse, as the relationship develops, he starts to learn that he might have to save Jesse from more than just car trouble. And this book basically does what the what's one of my favorite is that you're in an intense romantic moment with the with Jesse and Reese, but then immediately shifts focus into another kind of intense moment where you're wondering oh, what's going to happen next, whose life is in danger. I'm trying to uh, do this without as like as little spoilers as possible. So uh, this is a fantastic foray uh, into like the romantic suspense genre and just a great prepper for if you want to sort of get the feel of what the suspense genre holds in general. Um, there's also a movie starring Stephanie Timothy and Travis Cure, which Beverly Jenkins has written the script for herself. And if you like this one, there's it's part of a series. And the se- like if you like this one, you can delve into the next one called Sexy Dangerous. So that's Deadly Sexy by Beverly Jenkins. Oh, that's that's so cool. Yeah, I'm familiar with Beverly Jenkins mostly from her historical romance novels. And I think I knew that she wrote romantic suspense as well, but it wasn't something that I was fully aware of. So I'm really excited to, to pick that one up. All right. And then for my pick... Well, I have I'm, I have a few picks, but the first one that I want to talk about is one that I actually did not get a chance to finish for this episode, but I'm about halfway through it, and I love it so much so far that I really wanted to make sure that I got to talk about it on the show, and it's called Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. So this book is very much a fantasy mystery mashup. Like the basic premise for the book is that there is a murder that takes place at a magical school in California and they hire a private investigator to figure out who killed this teacher. So right there, I mean, the mystery is baked into the story. Like it is very, very much a part of the story. You see the investigation happening. And what I love about this book, well, there are a lot of things that I love about this book so far, but I don't read a ton of fantasy and science fiction. When I do, it either has to be super, super, super dark because that's just how I roll, (laughs) or it's got to be really, it's got to be really well ingrained into the main part of the story. Like I'm really not, I don't typically read fantasy novels like where you get thrown into a magical world where all of the places, the magical rules, where everything you have to like orient yourself. I find that very disorienting for me as a reader, but Magic for Liars almost reads as if this were just like a murder happened at a fairly at a wealthy private school in California and a private investigator is called in to figure it out it just so happens that some of the classes at this school are classes about magic and it just it feels so real like well of course this school exists you know like duh and there's it still includes like the teenage drama so you get really strong elements of that. It just, it feels so much like it's like it's a part of our actual world. It just works so well. And one of the other things that I've found that I really like in mystery novels is when 
the detective or the investigator or whoever it is, when they let you in on what they're thinking as they are investigating, like as they're interviewing people, they're thinking about how, how am I going to play off of this person? How do I need to act for them to tell me the information that I need? I find that so interesting, like to see how different people manipulate each other. And there, there's a lot of that in here. The private investigator's name is Ivy Gamble. And she's very aware of other people and she knows what she needs to say or do to get people to trust her, to give her the information that she needs. Sometimes that's not totally successful, but she knows. And it's, it's so good. Like, and there are, there are all of these different kind of subplots. Like, for example, Ivy's twin sister is a faculty member at this school and her sister is magical, but Ivy is not. And that's always been a point of contention between them. And so she's now thrust into this world that she wanted to be a part of when she was when she was a kid, but she wasn't able to because she did not have magical powers. But her sister did. And there's so there's lots of family, like interpersonal drama, and none of it's overdone. It just everything just works so well. And this was a book that I had had my eye on for a little bit, thinking, oh, I should probably get around to that. And when we decided we were doing genre bending mysteries for this episode. I'm like, okay, well, this is as good a time as any to pick it up. And oh my gosh, I love it so much so far. So hopefully by next episode, actually, hopefully by the end of like the next couple of days, I'll have finished it. But it is so much fun. And I just love it to pieces. And again, that is Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. Um, That's one book that I've had on my radar forever. I remember pre-ordering it and like the day it came out I was ready I was I was going to read it in the next two days but it just sort of as it does as it usually happens it faded into the abyss but uh, I'm happy to hear that you're enjoying it and that's sort of like put it back on my radar because it's exactly what I enjoy where I enjoy fantasy but never like you mentioned like I find it disorienting as well um, how you have to sort of disengage from your current world and go into a completely new world. Mm-hmm. And this just sounds the perfect, uh, you know, t- taking a break from the current world because, you know, as yes. you know, and <laughs> but just like pulling yourself back just in time. Like, you know, it seems like a perfect balance. It is like a perfect escapist book right now because it's like, yeah, it's it's got strong elements of reality, but there's just enough fantasy in there to make it just a fun escapist read. Yeah, I oh my gosh, I am (laughs) just enjoying the heck out of it. All right. Well, before we jump into our second picks, I do have our second sponsor for the episode, and that is Harper Paperbacks and the book Do Not Disturb by Claire Douglas. So Claire Douglas is the best-selling author of The Sisters and Last Seen Alive, and this is her new psychological thriller in which family secrets build to a violent climax in a guest house among the idyllic Welsh mountains. Ooh, it sounds fun. So Kirsty Woodhouse packs up her family and moves back to her native Wales, and there she sets up her new home with her family and goes into business with her difficult mother managing a guest house. But when the guest house is ready to be occupied, Kirsty encounters the last person she ever expected to see, her estranged cousin, Selena. Once you invite trouble into your home, it can be murder getting rid of it. So I love me a good domestic psychological thriller. This is actually already a bestseller in the UK. 
And it's just full of fantastic plotting and suspense and family secrets and hidden pasts and the Welsh landscape. And this just sounds like a ton of fun. So if you're looking for a new psychological thriller to pick up, definitely check out Do Not Disturb by Claire Douglas. And we thank Harper Paperbacks very much for sponsoring this episode. My next pick is in the historical fiction genre. It's called Even As We Breathe by Annette Sanuk Clapsaddle. This is one of the recent releases and the author is actually the first and only published novel by an enrolled member of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. And this novel is, even though I classify it as a historical fiction and mystery, it's so much more than that. The words that the writer has used, they're just so poignant. And I remember just finishing this book recently and just like looking into space. Like, what? What like <laughs> what just happened here? And <laughs> It has the transportive allure that's, that excellent historical fiction has. So it has it is uh, set in North Carolina during World War II. And uh, we follow the story of Kauni Sequoia over a summer. And uh, Kauni is 19 and he leaves his hometown of Cherokee to work in Asheville, North Carolina at an inn that has been converted into a military prison for foreign diplomats and their families. So he heads over there with um, his friend Essie Stamper, and you get to witness uh, their development as people and their development as friends. So just the moments of friendship that Clapsettle is able to capture, um, it's a joy to behold. Once our story sort of builds in, we are we are the scene is set, we are in North Carolina. What happens is the two find a room that becomes uh, their refuge until one of the diplomat's child goes missing and fingers start getting pointed at different people. And that's all you should know uh, about the mystery element of this book because the way that the author weaves it into the story, it's just, it, it takes you by surprise. You're, you're busy reading her work, just enjoying the friendship, her words, and then before you know it, you're caught off guard and you just uh, don't know what has happened. So that this is uh, my pick for historical fiction. This is great for any um, person who loves World War II fiction, anyone who loves historical fiction, who likes literary mysteries. And again, the work is Even As We Breathe by Annette Sanuk Clapsaddle. Wow, I have I've never even heard of this book before. And did you say this was a new release? Yes, yes. It came awesome. out, I believe, in the last two, uh, two weeks. But yeah. Awesome. Because I order... I order all of the books for the adult fiction collection at my library. So I'm always on the lookout for books that I may have missed. And I am absolutely going to be purchasing a copy of this for our collection. That sounds so cool. And I already can think of like three or four different patrons I can hand that book to. So good. It was so it's um, I don't know if you've read uh, The Yield by Tara June Witch. For people who enjoyed uh, that book, it's a great comp for that them as well. I know the title. I have not read it, but I but I'm familiar with the title. So excited! Love discovering new books. <laughs> All right, so my second pick for the genre bending mysteries is "I Remember You" by Ursa Sigurdardotter, who is an Icelandic crime writer, and this book blends horror and mystery. So 
if you've listened to this show before, you know that I love a good, dark, demented, and disturbing story. The darker, the better. Bring it on. I love it. And so this book I have suggested to people who actually are not super, who kind of want to dip their toes into the horror waters, but aren't don't want to get like too intense, too bloody, too gory, anything like that. Because this book, it's not gory. The scares are all it's it's very much a ghost story mixed with a murder mystery and the scares are all you know they're like i said no gore it's all just psychological what was that what what did i hear and she does it so effectively in this book so there are basically two storylines happening here in one storyline you have three friends who are like in their 20s or something and they are renovating a rundown house in a or on a very remote island near Iceland. And in the second storyline, there is a psychologist named Frere who is pulled into this mystery. He's investigating the suicide of an elderly woman and he discovers that she was obsessed with his son who vanished. Um, I can't remember how long his son vanished, uh, a few years ago, I think. So he's investigating this, what happened to this woman and realized that she was obsessed with his missing son. You have these three friends who are renovating this rundown house in the, on this remote island where there is definitely some kind of ghostly presence there. And at first you think, well, these, you know, these storylines have nothing to do with each other. Au contraire. <laughs> Once you see two storylines in a book and it doesn't seem like they have anything to do with each other, keep reading because they will obviously start to come together. So what I loved about this book so much is that, I mean, I, like I said, I read really dark stuff. I love scary movies. I have found that there are certain things that I'm fairly not numb to, but it can sometimes... Like, I can enjoy something that's supposed to be scary, but acknowledge, eh, it wasn't that scary for me. This book scared me, like, with the ghostly noises. Again, and this is all through reading. Like, this isn't watching a movie. Like, there's, like, odd odors that appear in the house that they're renovating. The creaking floors, wet footprints. And it's done so effectively that when I was, I remember this. It's been a few years since I've read this book, but when I was reading it, my at the time my well i wasn't married to him yet but my boyfriend who's now my husband he had gone to bed before me he was sleeping bedroom light was turned off i was up late reading and i got to a point where i was like i have to go to bed and i realized i'm gonna have to turn out the lights in the apartment before i go to bed and so i was like plotting out my route in this very small apartment like how i was going to strategically turn off the lights so that i wasn't caught where i'd have to like walk across the apartment when it's totally pitch black <laughs> like it is so effective and so when i'm like okay if a book can scare someone like me that that much it is very very well done i remember when i was reading it that all of the that a lot of the chapters especially the further you got further on in the book you got they just end with like these heart-stopping cliffhangers and then you think okay i'm going to read one more chapter and then the new storyline picks up and you're like but wait a minute i need to find out what happened because at the end of the last chapter i needed to know about this 
So just be forewarned that this book will probably keep you up way too late at night. Um, so if you do pick up this book, do it when you have a fair amount of time carved out that you can just sit down and read because you'll probably be tearing through it. But yeah, this book was just oh so good. In fact, as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to reread this book now. So again, that is I Remember You by Ursa Sigurd, our daughter. As you were talking about it, I'm thinking I need to read this book because um, <laughs> horror is a genre that I've explored a lot this year for some reason. And um, I've just been testing the waters to see how much of it I can stand. And uh, I have a two-year-old and I uh, like a two-year-old, my husband, and we live in this two-story house. And I always like tread away from horror novels because I'm like, where am I going to read? And if I have to go downstairs in the middle of the night, what is my plan? <laughs> but I'm like willing to risk all that for this book. So it sounds amazing. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. And I think I can't remember. I can't remember where I first heard about it. I think this was before I but no, it was definitely before I started at Book Riot. But I know other book rioters have really loved this book. But yeah, it's the perfect, like for people who are like, I don't know if I really like horror. I'm like, read this. This is this will give you a good taste without like totally throwing you into the deep end. And I remember one person at the last library I worked at, she had told me that she read this. She had picked it up independently. I hadn't even suggested it to her. And I went, oh my God, wasn't that book awesome? And she's like, oh my gosh, I loved it so much. <laughs> so yeah, this, this is one I love to suggest to people. And especially because it's by an author that Ursa Sigurd, our daughter, is She's very well known in Iceland. She does. Um, she is fairly well known in the crime fiction world, but she's still an author that not a lot of just your average reader, a lot, of, not a lot of people have heard of her. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like one of those magic books you can pull out of your back pocket and be like, "Ooh, surprise!" <laughs> All right. So I mean, of course, mysteries work so well with so many different genres. So we could probably be talking about this for hours. <laughs> Um, but I think we're going to cap it here. But if you, if you lovely listeners have any other suggestions for mysteries that blend with other genres, other books that just blur the boundaries of different genre conventions, let us know because this is what I love genre blending books. They're so much fun. They're always unexpected. And there's just so many fun things you can do with them. So please do let us know if you have any other suggestions. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and kick off our new releases. Uh, Nezra, I know you've you've got you've got you've officially got our first new release pick. The only the only book that right now that we're featuring that's coming out this week. So why don't you go ahead and and uh, kick us off with that? <laughs> yes. Uh, so. Um, this is out today from Sourcebooks. Uh, it's called The Arctic Fury by Greer McAllister. In early 1853, experienced California trail guide Virginia Reeve is summoned to Boston by a mysterious benefactor who offers her once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Lead a party of 12 women into the wild, hazardous Arctic to search for the lost Franklin expedition. It's an extraordinary quest, but the party is made up of extraordinary women. Each brings her own strengths and skills to the expedition and her own unsettling secrets. A year and a half later, back in Boston, Virginia is on trial when not all of the women return. 
told in alternating timelines that follow both the sensational murder trial in Boston and the dangerous, deadly progress of the women's expedition into the frozen north, this heart-pounding story will hold readers wrapped as a chorus of voices answer the trial's all-consuming question. What happened out there on the ice? And oh boy, the reason that this I just this book just called out to me is um, it's perfect for anyone who loves burial rites by Hannah Kent. It just sounds amazing. And the wintry and the historical fiction setting and the winter setting, it's, it's perfect for as the days are getting shorter, colder. And I'm excited to dive into this work and see what really happened on this expedition out there. Yeah, I have a, like one of those very weird niche interests. And it's like, books that talk about like these historical expeditions but something happens what happened to them like Alma Katsu's The Hunger like I loved that book so much and I don't I don't know why that it, it just rings all of my bells so this oh this book sounds so cool <laughs> All right. And then I have a couple of picks that are coming out next week on December 8th. So the first one is called Take It Back by Kia Abdullah. And this is a courtroom thriller. And I am always on the lookout for new courtroom thriller drama novels because I have a couple patrons at my library who love legal courtroom dramas. And I can't seem to purchase enough of them to keep them happy. So I'm always excited when a new one comes out. So this, of course, kind of follows the general idea of there's there's one victim. There are multiple people accused, but who is telling the truth? So Zara Khalil is one of London's brightest legal minds. She shattered the expectations placed on her by her family. She's forged this brilliant legal career. But her decisions came at a high cost, and now battling her own demons, she has exchanged her high-profile career for a job at a sexual assault center, helping victims who need her the most, victims like Jody Wolf. And when Jody, who is a 16-year-old girl with facial deformities, accuses four boys in her class of an unthinkable crime, the community is torn apart. These four teenage defendants are from hardworking immigrant families. They all have proven alibis. Even Jody's best friend doesn't believe her, but Zara does, and she is determined to fight for Jody to find the truth in the face of public outcry. And as issues of sex, race, and social justice collide, the most explosive criminal trial of the year builds to a shocking conclusion. So just the description of this reminds me a lot of Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. And that one, that book came out last year and Rincey and I just absolutely loved it. But one of the things that I love so much about that book is that it took this courtroom drama and it just had layer upon layer upon layer of these different elements that affect the, affect the trial, affect the characters involved and the decisions that they made leading up to the disaster that took, that took the life of a child. And this book just sounds like it has, it has all of those layers as well. There are all kinds of different elements intersecting with each other to create this really complex situation where there's, there's no right or wrong. There's no definitive good or bad happening here. It just sounds like there are all kinds of shades of gray and there's so many areas to explore. And I just think it sounds so fascinating. And I think it'll be a really, really good addition to just the overall 
legal thriller subgenre. So again, that book is called Take It Back by Kia Abdullah. I agree. We've had people over at TBR as well who ask for courtroom thrillers. And it seems like they read them faster than we can find them for them. Yes. Find those for them. Uh, and I'm excited to sort of add this and start recommending this to people as soon as it comes out. Yeah, this it's I don't know those 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 legal thriller readers. <laughs> they just go through them so quickly. I'm just like, oh my gosh! I'm like, can we explore other subgenres? <laughs> Our collection is only so big. <laughs> All right. And then my final pick um, that also comes out next week on December 8th is Snowdrift by Helene Turston, uh, translated by Marlene Delargy. This book features a cold case and there's a new lead that breaks in the cold case that has long haunted Swedish detective inspector Embla Nystrom. The truth that she's been seeking about her best friend's disappearance might finally be revealed if it doesn't kill her first. So Embla is 28 years old, she's a detective inspector, and she receives a phone call that sends her reeling. 14 years ago, her best friend disappeared from a nightclub in Gothenburg, but Embla recognizes her voice before the call abruptly disconnects. She's thrilled to learn that her friend is still alive, but before she can dive into the case, she gets another phone call, this time from a relative. A man has been found shot dead in one of the guest houses he and his wife managed in rural Sweden, and could she come take a look? So when she arrives on the scene, she receives another shock. The man is Milo Stavik, a well-known gang member and one of the last people seen with her friend. And as Embla soon learns, the same night that Milo was shot in the guest house, his brother, Luca, was also killed. So why, after all these years, is someone targeting these brothers? Where is the third brother? And how does this all fit in with her friend's disappearance? So with help from a handsome local detective and his police dog in training, oh, I love a book with a police dog, Embla launches an investigation into the brothers, hoping it'll bring her closer to finding her friend and putting an end to her terrible nightmare. So this book, I have talked, I think Rincey and I have talked a bit about um, books that Helene Turston has written before. So this is another book of hers that is coming out next week. If you have become a fan of hers, or if you're looking to pick up more crime novels in translation, this sounds like a really intriguing one. And again, that is called Snowdrift by Helene Turston and translated by Marlene Delargy. All right. And with that, we, we're coming to the end of the episode with what we're, what we're currently reading. And I don't have a whole lot going. So Nezra, why don't you, why don't you start off? Sounds like you've been reading more lately than I've been. Yeah. So I've been sort of making my way back into audiobooks, but just because uh, my toddler is finally at an age where she like plays a little by herself and by little, I say 15 minutes, but still that's, that's plenty of time to get some reading in. Um, and a book that I've recently finished is Three by D.A. Mishani, translated by Jessica Cohen. And the thing that I'll say about this book is if Elana Ferrante started writing suspense novels, uh, <laughs> this would be it. Because uh, just how sort of Ferrante goes into your psyche and she just makes you want to rip your skin off because you're so uncomfortable with like how much she has gotten you like how could she know what you're thinking and this book does so much of that it's um set in tel aviv in israel and uh it's about a divorcee who starts um dating um a person she met online and uh she thinks that she is sort of just drifting along doing the guy a favor by dating him but there is a lot she does not know about that guy 
and not knowing that might be might end up costing her more than she thought and just the the, the observations that mishani has captured in this book it was uh, it was a ride for sure and i i i cannot recommend it enough especially to fans who love um literary fiction this is such a great addition to your collection and a book that i'm starting or i'm in the middle of actually is the eighth detective by alex pavisi i am a fan of books that have stories within stories within stories like magpie murders or the 13th tale and this is one such book where uh, we have an editor who is going to publish an obscure uh, mystery collection and she is working with the author to sort of uh, reconcile the discrepancies but when she is working with the author she realizes that the author is hesitant in a way that's making her suspicious and that's honestly all you need to know before you go in and um, just how uh, i'm in, i'm almost in the middle and just how it's it tells a different story in each chapter but then it reconciles it with the perspective of the author and the editor and i'm hooked so far i love books that do that story within a story thing really well like you mentioned the magpie murders that was one that i really really enjoyed and that was also one that i gifted to like three <laughs> or four people that year like i'm pretty sure i gave my mother-in-law a copy of that book and yeah i i think i think she got around to reading it but yeah anyway i've heard so many good things about this book so i am excited to pick that one up once well i've got so many books on my reading <laughs> list let's be real here i don't know when i'll get around to it eventually <laughs> but it's it's on there i so i have not finished anything since the last episode because you know life yeah. um but i did start reading when no one is watching by Alyssa cole I know Rincey has talked about this book previously, so I won't go into too much detail, but this book was published a few months ago, and it was it's just gotten so many fantastic reviews. And I am, oh, if I have, I'm about maybe a third of the way into it. It is so good. And uh, continuing with our theme of romance authors writing suspense novels. Alyssa Cole has, she's really known for her romance novels. This is, I think, her first primarily suspense novel. I've read a couple of her romance novels, and they're just fantastic. This one just has her, you know, her really strong writing. It's funny, but it's also dark. Um, also continuing with a theme, if you like Get Out, this book has really, really strong themes. It's about um, a woman named Sydney who lives in a Brooklyn neighborhood. And she notices that her her neighbors who had been in the neighborhood for decades, they are gone for sale signs are popping up the neighbors are moving in there's new neighbors are moving in there's gentrification all over the place and so she decides that she is to hang on to her community's past and present she is going to create a walking tour to compete with the very whitewashed um, historical tours that are happening in her neighborhood um, she finds a very unlikely assistant in one of her new neighbors, her neighbor, Theo. And so he's helping her put this, this historical walked walking tour together. But as they dive into the history of the neighborhood, they are realizing that, Hey, something sinister is happening right now. And like, you get that, just that feeling of 
paranoia, someone's watching me, like as soon as you start reading the book. And it just, it makes your skin crawl because it's fiction, but we all know gentrification is a very real thing. And it forces so many people out of their houses and where they have lived for years. It changes the the history and the culture of different neighborhoods and towns. And so it's a very real thing. And so, you know, like Get Out, it's, you know, it's suspense that plays on these very real systemic things that are happening in real life. Since Alyssa Cole is a romance author, there's, you know, there's a little, you know, something, something going on between Sydney and her neighbor who's helping her with this. But it's even if you're not super into romance, it does not, it is not super prominent, it doesn't take over the book. It's just really well balanced, so well written. And I will have to kick my butt into gear and finish reading it because I have loved what I've read so far. And again, that is when No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. Oh, this book is so good. I know uh, some of my friends who read it and they freaked themselves out in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's it's so good. Oh, so good. So, so good. Yeah. Rincy said when she was listening to it on audio, she was walking around her neighborhood and like suddenly eyeing all of her neighbors with like <laughs> extreme suspicion. So yeah, any book that can provoke like real life emotions like that, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm so there for that. All right. So that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound terrific. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. If you enjoyed this podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people can discover us. And if you want us to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions or even to just say hi, we love hearing from people, you can find us at Red or Dead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nasra, that's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>